Okay, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Amin Afradi. And where are you from, Amin? I'm from Awaz. Awaz is a Iraq. state between um, Iraq and Iran, is that right? That's right, yeah. And there's a struggle that going on there for autonomy and independence. That's right, yeah. And you were involved in that struggle and that's why you became a refugee. Yes, that's right. Can you tell me when you came to Australia first? Well, I came to Australia in 2013, 4th of July. So, at that time, did you arrive at Christmas Island? Yes. What boat were you on when you arrived? 806. That's a code that the Australian government gives for people who are coming by boats, is that right? Yeah, that's right. There is change. And then what happened to you? Um, after that, uh, I captured, I've been captured in uh, uh, Christmas Island for almost five months. And then after that, sent me to Manus Island in Papua New Guinea. Subsequently, under the Medivac legislation, you were brought to Australia to the Kangaroo Point Central Apartments in 2019. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. Can you describe what treatment that you've received for the medical conditions that you have since you arrived at Kangaroo Point? Well, I didn't have any treatment until now. So are you receiving treatment now? No. And those conditions, you've got psoriasis, which is a skin condition. Is the psoriasis getting better or worse? Well, my psoriasis, as I test everything, all my psoriasis is caused or affected by chlorine in the water. And since 2017 until now, I have been actually begging them to give me at least 21 days to prove myself, to prove what I'm saying about my skin, but they are not giving me that time. And from 2017 until now, I have been suffering very badly from the rushes that I get because uh, it's, it's a huge pain for me. It's, uh, it's really itchy and I will scratch until when it's going to bleed. Uh, and I got self-esteem issues because of that. People, they started to stay away from me. And uh, until now, I'm just asking for a very, very simple thing, and they are not willing to provide that for me. And I just ask for a water without chlorine. I have been asking since then until now, and I haven't received anything. So rainwater would help your skin condition, that's what you think? Probably, maybe, yeah. Because as I stay away from the chlorine water, my skin will get better. And if I use the chlorine water, because of my own self-esteem issues, I had to take a shower every two days, one day, three days. But as I'm taking a shower with the chlorine water, I... I feel burned in my skin. I feel hurt in my skin. And it's a kind of torture for me. And I'm torturing myself because I'm sharing room with other people and or sitting with other people because of my own self-esteem issues. I was torturing myself all this time, all these years. And I couldn't actually get... Uh, I, would, I couldn't receive anything because I'm not free and I cannot have access on 
things that I believe is going to work for me. And I'm just going circles since then. Until now. They're now, not relieving anyone. They're not relieving me. Now, originally, when I last spoke to you, um, you were in a single room in the Kangaroo Point Central Apartments building. Um, now, you were taken from that single room. Um, what, what, what happened? Well, yeah, I, in 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I was sleeping, and I saw there is a lot, couple of guards that called ERT, Emergency Response Team. They wake me up, and they told me I have to move back to Baita. So I went back. I started to panic, and I went back. I told them I don't now, move there. Just for our listeners, Baita is, yeah. the real name is the Brisbane International Transit Accommodation Centre. That's right, isn't it? That's right, yes. That's okay, right. so you, you were taken to Baita? Yeah, uh, I have been taken by force. When I tried to reach my phone, uh, the Securities, they pulled me down off my bed, they, they, they smashed me in the ground, and they handcuffed me straight away, they confiscated my phone, and they brought me here by force. And did anyone try to assist you, try to stop them from bringing you to Baita? No, no okay. one. Okay, so they, they brought you to Baita. Now, what has happened to your medical condition since you've been at Baita? What are the conditions like there? Well, uh, when I came back in here, until now, this is almost three months, I have been sleeping outside. Uh, more than a month, I have, been, uh, I have been actually sleeping outside in the concrete, out of the accommodation. And because of the brown snake, uh, there is a lot of brown snake around in here. I actually, I felt not safe, so I had to move in a common room. Uh, because I don't have room, because they are trying uh, to force me to share room with other three people. And I do have another problem that called arthritis in my hands and my uh, feet, that I need to have control over the aircon, uh, that whenever I feel cold, I need to turn it off. And it's, it's not going to happen like that because I'm sharing room with three, three yeah. other people. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've been sleeping outside, and I had to move inside in the common room. Because you're afraid of the snake, floor. and then you went into the common room, and do you turn the air conditioning off in the common room then, do you? Well, I spend my time mostly outside of the accommodation because uh, the guys are sitting in the common room watching TV and talking to their family in the phone or something like that, and they are using the aircon, so it's still cold for me, so I spend my time more in outside the accommodation until late night when other guys, all the guys, they will go to sleep. So I will have access on the aircon and I will turn it off hey, so I can sleep. Are those other guys, are they medivac refugees or are they there for some other reason? There is uh, mostly, yes, they are from medivac refugees and some of them, they are 501 or uh, ex-criminals or something like that. Okay. All right. So who is responsible for your care? Well, I believe Australian government. Have you taken a court action to try to force the Australian government to live up to their responsibilities? Well, I did take a court action to actually send me back to Papua New Guinea 
because I don't feel safe in here. I'm struggling and I'm, I feel I'm dying slowly in here and nobody could do anything for me. So I, I asked them to send me back and they are not willing to send me back. So that's why I actually take a legal action against them to actually make them send me back or release me because I have no other way and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen because even they're going to send me back to Papua New Guinea. I'm not safe in there, as you know, and everyone knows that Papua New Guinea is not a safe country, but in any way, I will be free. Uh, I need my freedom. I need to have access on things that I believe they're going to work for me, but in here, they're not providing me anything. I think that I believe as a adult man, it's going to be, sorry, the airplane. Okay, we'll just wait a sec till it goes. Um, yeah. It's... I was going to ask you, actually, um, you know, the Supreme Court of uh, Papua New Guinea, they ruled that it was illegal for the Australian government to put you on Manus Island, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I heard. So when the Australian government placed you in PNG, their law says that they can't do that because you're a refugee and they're not supposed to put you in another place. It's their, it's their responsibility to look after you. Yeah. Are you going to argue that in the court that they it's you know they were the ones who brought you here and they're the ones who, who who said that they would provide you with medical care but they didn't. So wouldn't you be arguing that it's the Australian government's responsibility one to provide you with medical care and two to release you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's one of the reasons and that's why uh, because of I don't receive the right treatment and I'm not free because of the situation that I have in here. So that's why I I actually asked them by <coughs> breakaways uh, for to send me back to Papua New Guinea. Yes. And that's why I'm trying my best to see if they can send me back or they can release me. Otherwise, I cannot stay in here. I'm a human being and I cannot stay unlimited time in uh in a detention. Can I ask you a personal question? When was the last time that you got to speak with your wife and your child back home in Iran? Probably a month ago. So that is not a very good situation. You have a, a young son, I understand, and right. he's been growing up. Um, yeah. You're his father, and he will, he will not even know his father because you've been held in detention here in Australia? Well, I left him when he was two years old, and now he's ten years old. Yes. And when he was growing up, in that time, I wasn't there because I tried to save my life, and I left him behind because I didn't want him to die with me in the ocean. Or, so I, I wanted him to have a great life. Yes. And that's why <clears throat> I came all this way so I can actually save my own life to create a, a better life for him. Yes. And yeah, in all those years that when he was growing up, in the first years, like three, four years, uh, the first three, four years in Manus Island, we are, we wasn't allowed to uh, have a mobile phone. And after all these, all those years, when I grow up, 
uh, when he grew up. Sorry, can I repeat that again? Yes, that's all right. Uh, after all those years when he was growing up, in that time, uh, I wasn't able to communicate with him. So after all those years, when I communicate with him, when we started to have mobile phone, and I started to call him, he actually didn't knew me as a father. He knew my brother as a, his father. Yes. And all these years, I have been actually struggling to show him that I'm his real father. And yes. It's, it's, really, it's really hard because there is lots of things that going on in here, back in home, and it's, it's really hard to cope with. And I'm really tired of handling all these kind of things, all these kind of problems. And I just want to be out like everybody else to actually take care of myself, to have more options, more uh, control over my health, mental health, physical health, and I can actually start my life. What can our listeners do to help you to get your freedom? Well, I'm not really sure. Uh, as I said uh, before, uh, my, my lawyer is Nolan and Daniel. And they are doing their best, I believe. And they are the ones that I trust. Like my own eyes. And I have complete faith on them that they are doing the right thing for us. And for me, especially. And I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. Because both sides are having a battle in the court. So yep. we have to wait and see what's going to happen. That court hearing is on the 11th of February. Do you want people to go to court and to support you? Yeah, of course. Why not? Yes. Because actually the people are keeping us safe in here, not the government. The, the Refugee Solidarity and the Refugee Action Collective, they've kept a vigil outside the Kangaroo Point Apartments. They've gone out to Baita and they they have a demonstration this afternoon at five o'clock to support the people inside um, maybe maybe we leave it there and we will talk again when the court case comes on how does that sound yeah that's would be great okay thank you Amin